Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I love football. I thank God. Listen, everybody can be happy until 1 o'clock today. Well, until 4 o'clock today. Everybody in North Florida can be happy today. Florida won. Florida State won. Miami won. Georgia won. Everybody. Uh, I think that little team, UCF, listen. Stop saying they're undefeated and they should be the champion. Come on, get some common sense, non-football fans. Uh, am, I, am I right, Wayne? We can't be awarding the University of Central Florida no national championship. But I love football. I love family. I love food. But let's just don't conflate all these ideas together. Uh, if, if we're going to call it Thanksgiving, there should be some. Let me see if you're paying attention. If we're going to call it Thanksgiving, there should be some what? There should be some thanksgiving. It shouldn't just be football. It shouldn't just be food. But that's what a lot of it is for a lot of people. And here's, here's my thing to you today. I want you to be thankful this Thursday, especially if you gather with friends, if you gather with family, if you gather around a big meal, and uh, a spectacular meal. Uh, I've never understood this. Man, uh, I thank God. I tell my boys all the time, you have to thank God every day when you wake up, you're a man. See how quiet it gets right then? That's like telling somebody, say, you know, thank God that you're white. Everybody get all quiet. But if I say, thank God that, that you are Puerto Rican and, and, and that you have real familia and we celebrate Puerto Rican. Hesica's clapping already. It's like, V, yay. Uh, thank God you're Mexican. Viva. What, what, I don't even know what they say. But Mexican Pride Day, uh, you, you say something like, thank God that you're a man. What you trying to say? I said it plain. I thank God that I am a man. I, I, I wake up and, and, and I thank God that I am who I am. And you ought to be thankful that you are who you are. Listen, men should not try to feminize themselves and be less than a man. Women should not try to butch themselves and, 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 and be other than a woman. Black people should not try to change themselves and be anything other than, than, than who God created them to be. And so, so should white men. And, and listen, be thankful for who you are, where you are, what you are, what you have, who God is, what he's done for your life, the family you were born into. Now, might have been easier. I'm just saying. Uh, who, who, who sang? Who, it, it had to be uh, Rolling Stone or... Or somebody like that. Who, uh, Rick, you ought to know. Who's saying that I ain't no senator's son, I ain't no fortunate one? CCR uh, sang that. Thank you. Uh, they, they, part of the song was, I ain't no fortunate one, y'all. I ain't no senator. The guy was complaining because he wasn't born into a rich. I, I, I remember listening to that song as a kid thinking, I ain't probably been a little easier if I was born a Kennedy. Y'all might look at me and think privilege. Y'all, I think dysfunction, brokenness, and, and that free lunch card I had to show every day at school to the embarrassment of my friends. Um, but I, I understand that, you know, it might have been easier for some of us to be born on a different side of the track. But do you know why you were born, where you were born, into what family you were born into? Do you know why? Because God decided that's God's plan for your life. You are who you are by God's grace. God puts you where he puts you, and he's got a plan, and he's got a purpose for you. And if you're a woman, you ought to wake up and thank God for being a woman. If you're a man, you ought to wake up and thank God for being a man. I believe that what the world needs now is not just a Coke and a smile, but we need to be more thankful for the things that our great God has done for us. Can anybody say amen to that? As a pastor, one of the comments that I've heard more than any other comment is people telling me that they want to know what God's will for their life is. Pastor, I just, I just want to know what God's will for my life is. And I tell them, well, that's easy. Now, I can't tell you if you should go to Florida or Florida State. I got my own opinion about that, but I don't know what God's determined will for you is. I mean, you might, he might want you to suffer. 
right? I mean, some somebody got to go to Clemson. I mean, you know, some, 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 somebody, somebody's got to go. I, I can't tell you what God's, I can't tell you if God wants you to, well, I could, but I wouldn't tell you if God wants you to put on your left sock or your right sock first. Common sense says left. Common sense. Let me just check. Because here's the thing. You do it the same way every time. Just like you wash the same arm first every time in your shower. Every single time. You wash the same side of your face first every time you wash your face. You wash your hair the exact same way. Every, all right, so I just need to know because I'm curious, and y'all ain't paying attention anyway, so I'll just ramble. How many people put on a left sock first? Anybody left sock? Okay, that's, that's all the smart people in the room. I just had, I had five people I was checking to make sure I ain't the only left. I, can't, I, I, I can give you my advice, but I can't tell you whether God wants you to put on your left sock or your right sock first. So when people say, I want to know what God's will for me is, well, there are some things. Some things are just ridiculous. I've had people come to me saying, I, I, I'm, I'm seeking God's will for what to do about my marriage. I'm like, whoa, wait. What are you talking about? Well, you know, I, I've got this woman I'm in love with at the job, and, you know, I'm married, but a marriage is dead, and I don't, I don't feel it anymore, and I'm, I'm praying. You, listen, there's just some things you don't have to pray about. You don't have to pray about whether or not you should dissolve your marriage to go, to go chasing somebody else. The Bible already says, if you're bound to a spouse, don't seek to be loosed. The Bible already says uh, that, 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 that what God joined together, let nobody uh, break apart. Uh, you don't have to pray, well, you know, money's tight right now. I'm, I'm seeking God's will for my life. I was thinking about robbing the bank off 103rd Street, trying to get some of these bills paid. What kind of church did you go to? There's just some things you don't have to pray about. You don't have to pray about whether or not, you, you know, you, you, you should rob, steal, kill. You don't have to pray about whether you should do something. But there are things that you need to seek God's will for that I may or may not have the right answer. If it's not written in the Bible, then some things you just have to figure out on your own. Should, does God want you to take the, 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 the day shift or the night shift and get that greater differential? Uh, me, me personally, you know, I, I make my choice, you make your choice. But there's some things that the Bible is very clear about. And when people ask me, they say, Pastor, I just want to know God's will for my life. And what they're really searching, because people want to have this big, huge, hairy thing. They want to they do something massively exciting and, and that everybody will pat them on the back for and say, well, wow, look at you. You go, uh, girl and dude. Uh, but... what? That, that's not really what life is about. Do you realize life is not about the big hairy things that you accomplish? Life is about finding joy in the journey. Life is about being who God created you to be 24-7, Monday through the next Monday. But I tell them, okay, you want to know God's will for your life? And they want me to tell them, God is calling you to be the most high and lofty, anointed, most great, just visionary prayer warrior just warring in the spirit just calling down fire just and they want to hear all that stuff but i just take them to the bible because god gave us this book for a reason in first thessalonians 5 18 the bible says in everything give thanks the will of god in christ jesus concerning who you you want to know what god's will for you is it's this the same thing it is for this you, because I'm a you too. In everything, see, there's me's and there's you's and there's hers and there's him's. Y'all come to Wednesday night, y'all figure that out. Uh, in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you. You want to know what God's will for your life is? For you to give what? Not just on Thanksgiving. Not just on the last Thursday of the month of November. Not just on the second to last Thursday of the month of November. Not on the fourth Thursday of the month of November. But to always be giving thanks to God. Now here's the reality. If you haven't figured this out yet, this revelation for you. If you have figured it out yet, you need to remind yourself constantly of this. What God wants you to do, the devil is going to war against you doing. Make it colder in here. A lot of people are hot. Um, anything God wants you to do, the devil wants to mess up. When God's blessing, the devil's messing. So if God wants us to be thankful, do you think the devil wants us to be thankful? Oh, see, we, we, used, we used to sing a song, say, whose side are you leaning on? Well, sometimes it's hard to figure out 
But then if you really start putting brass tacks to it, you find out, well, you can just look and see how thankful you are to see whose side you're really leaning on. You, you, you can look at what's coming out of your mouth because if God wants you to be thankful, then you know the devil doesn't want you to. But it's God's will for us to be thankful and to give God thanks for everything. Say everything. In everything, give thanks. So my question to you is, are you thankful this morning? Now it's church going, folk. We, you know, we, we show up to church and we say hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. We work, speak Christianese, tell everybody we're blessed and we're highly favored. When on the inside, we're just miserable and looking to stab everybody in the neck with a knife. Oh, not everybody. I mean, but we learn to say these things that we don't really possess. I wonder if at least you're thankful. I mean, really thankful. I've thought about this a lot in my life because, um, you know, everybody's got a sad story to tell. Every, everybody could put a twist on their life to make their life sound sad. I mean, I, I kind of think you got to go some to be born into dysfunction. I think you got to go some to be abused as a child. I think you got to go some to match my story. Uh, I think you got to go some to uh, have the love of your life die at 36 years old and leave you with two small boys to raise. Uh, I think you got to go some to go through the physical challenges. But everybody has got a story. We could all tell a story about what we've been through and, and make it sound sad, or we could all tell an equally true story about what we've been through and make it sound glorious and, and, and God glorifying and God honoring and point to how God, even in the worst days, we, we could point to how God carried us and kept us. Amen? So we, we, we've got to understand that we need to get better, say better, at being thankful. I've had my own challenges. Six years ago, I had an accident with a lawnmower, uh, and my back ha has been in pain uh, every minute of every day since then. And I went the whole, I did back surgery, got another accident, messed my back up again. Now they say it's worse than it was before the operation. Ain't in a hurry to get that operation, dealing with pain. They broke my neck last year. Uh, you said yesterday was, was the day on that trip. So... Uh, we, we were on a trip when I, when I, they called me. We were driving up into the mountains last year. The, I just had an MRI the day before, and they called me, and they said, uh, Mr. Becker, you need to come in through Baptist emergency uh, room. Uh, your neck is severed, and you, you're in danger of uh, losing your life. You need to come in. We're going to admit you for emergency surgery today through the emergency room at Baptist Hospital. I said, me and my family are on our way to Asheville. I said, sir, you're facing a life-threatening, you have a broken neck, and you need to come in. I'm like, well, I'll come in when I get back from Asheville. And so uh, 11 and a half months ago, uh, I had a, a neck surgery, uh, still in pain, went the whole traditional uh, take, take this medicine until you feel better. That don't make you get feel better. That just makes you take medicine. I, f I quit doing all that. have been through a lot of stuff in my life and through all this chronic pain that I've been through physically it, it has it has taught me great compassion for people who have long struggles okay I had a tough childhood but I grew up and became an adult I had tough situations in my life but the sun came up the next day for the last six years the sun still comes up every day and it still comes up on my hurting back and on my hurting neck and I learned compassion for people who are stuck in situations that don't seem to be getting any better. But I've also had to take an honest look at myself. So I'm going to out me today in hopes of making it okay for you to be honest about you. Through this six years of chronic pain, through this, six, through, through this 55 years of, of struggle, failures, and victories, um, it, it has become, in the last six years, increasingly difficult for me uh, my face and put my best foot forward. Any, anybody ever had days like that? Anybody, anybody ever had stuff they were going through, whether it be financial, physical, emotional, relational, spiritual, where, where they just found out, uh, man, it, it's just hard for me right now. Um, I, I love that movie, Fried Green Tomatoes. They got that mean old woman in that thing. And uh, the, 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 her friend tries to tell her, your problem is you're depressed. She said, I'm not depressed i just been in a very bad mood for the last 40 years. 
And, 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 or, or y'all, 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 not, y'all, y'all don't dig that? Some of y'all old enough to remember the, the TV show Friends. How many of y'all ever saw that show? In that song, they, they, they talk about when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your... <laughs> so evidently, I'm not the only person that knows about going through long, long-lasting struggles. And I, I, come, I stand in front of you today to say it has taken a toll on me. And sometimes it's just hard to put my best foot forward. And I find myself complaining when I should be giving thanks. I find myself uh, looking down when I should be looking up. And, and I want to tell you today that if you ever found yourself in that position, uh, that God allows us to make adjustments. God allows us to change. God's not the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance. Because the scripture declares that God's will for us is to give thanks in everything. In Psalm 119.29, the psalmist said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Now, when you're reading the Bible, try this. It won't work always, but I would say a good 90% or higher of the time. Take that word for and substitute the word because. Not that the word for is wrong. The word for is proper in that time of speech pattern. In our colloquial speech pattern, we would more likely use the word because. So read it, read it this way. Oh, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. That's what it means. That's the literal translation of it. Because his mercy endures forever. Now what this doesn't say is, Scott Becker, give thanks to the Lord if your back is not hurting. I got, and it's just wild because I normally don't deal with a lot of pain. You can film me and you can notice after I get done preaching, my, my countenance changes and the pain comes back on me. But I usually get through it. I got, I got pain sweat rolling down my back past what's between my back and my thigh, rushing right across there, uh, dripping down to the back of my knees right now. Uh, My back is hurting today for whatever reason. But, oh, it doesn't say, Scott Becker, give thanks to the Lord on your good back days. Thank God uh, because you're happy. No, it doesn't say give thanks to the Lord because your bills are paid. It doesn't say give thanks to the Lord because people are, 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 are making life easy on you. It says give thanks to the Lord because he's good. Do you realize no matter what kind of day you're having, God is still good? Good, your good days, bad days, happy days, or sad days. It says give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endures forever. Now this is where we need to get a bigger picture. Say big picture. Because I don't like all cliches, but some cliches are helpful and beneficial. Especially from church mothers that wore big hats. Uh, in the Baptist General Congregational or the Church of God in Christ movement or the, whole, the old church mothers that, that, you know, told kids to sit down, shut up, and sleep on that bench. <laughs> pew babies. How many of y'all can church with pew babies? Uh, that, that's real church going right there. Church mothers, pretty hat contests and all, all that stuff. But they had some of the greatest cliches that have stuck with me in my lifetime. Here's one, and I have to try to remind myself constantly. Trouble don't last. Trouble don't last always. Some songs. I, you shouldn't get your theology from songs because it will mess up your theology. But some songs have good theology that, that you can lean on. Uh, I, I love that one chorus that says, soon and very soon we are going to see the king. One, 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 one chorus says, one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. We're not going to be here forever. The Bible says that we're just strangers passing through. So even, even with a bad back, it's, it's not going to last forever. One, one day there's going to be no more sorrow, no more weeping, no more pain, no more tears, no more difficulty, no more heartache. Listen, uh, let me get real with some of y'all. No more backstabbing by people who said they loved you but really wanted to use you. Talking to nine real people in the room. Uh, But in the midst of all this temporary stuff that we're going through, we need to constantly be reminding ourselves God is good. He is good. And I I want you to get that in your mind. Because if you're like me, and it's biblical, the Bible says it. I I don't make excuses for it because I I, I need to um, be thankful all the time. I need to always uh, be rejoicing. It's what the Bible tells us to do. But sometimes uh, I find myself thinking about that verse that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. What, what it literally means is when you've been 
hoping for something for a long time and it still hasn't happened, you can have emotional unwellness. That's code speak for saying you can get depressed. And we need to realize that we have to battle for our minds. We have to battle for correct living. We have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to obey God and his word. And he tells us that we need to give him thanks, not because our life is good, but because he is good. That's unchanging. If you get your mind right about why you're thankful to God, you, you won't thank him any less on a good day or a bad day. You, you, if you get your mind right about why you should be thankful to God, you realize that his mercy endures forever. i got to wrap this up because um, I'm, I'm ready to get off my feet. My kids, when they were little, would ask for mercy. See, I, I talk about disciplining kids. I haven't spanked my kids in years because if you spank them enough when they're little, they'll remember that. <laughs> James Dobson said that in a book. I decided, he said, you spank, you spank them hard enough, regular enough, first eight years of their life, you, you won't have much spanking left to do after that. But there were times where, where my kids would ask for mercy because they understood mercy is you not getting the punishment that you deserve. There's too many people sitting in churches today, living in this world today, that honestly believe that God has shortchanged them, that God has cheated them, that in some kind of way the universe hasn't given them everything that they deserve. Let me tell you something. What we deserve is to die and be eternally separated from God because we're all sinners. What, what we deserve is, way, listen, we live in a country that makes everything easy. Our, our, now, you might say, but I, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm poor, I, I can't even afford. Listen, here's, here's poor people in America. I can't even afford to keep my HBO package. Oh, bless your little heart. Oh, man, times are so hard right now, we had to cancel cable. Oh, and that, that rough? Uh, that's, 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 not, that's not struggling for people around the country. Every poor person I know in America got a, got a lighter, cigarettes, a cell phone. Um, we, we're on a different level of how good we have life living in this country. It's, it's become popular to complain about America. Everybody wants to complain about America, but I don't see any other country where people are lining up by the millions to get in. Oh, they just haven't figured out how horrible we are as a nation. And uh, if they knew how bad it was here, they'd, no, they'd still come. And we need to be thankful for everything, say everything. And the reason why is because we serve a good God. And his mercy endures forever. What does that mean? He's not giving us the punishment we deserve. Now, when you first got saved, that made you want to run around the house naked and throw stuff up in the air and shout hallelujah. Because you had a real fresh revelation in your mind of I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. But now you had a real revelation in your mind. I was going this way, but now I'm going that way. I, had, I didn't have God in my life, but and, and everything was new and fresh, and you were in love with God. See, if you never had that experience, I invite you to salvation. Because if you never had that experience, you never had real salvation. But uh, it, th when you first got saved, everything was awesome. And it didn't matter the trouble around you because of, listen, the peace that was in you. Did you get that? If you focus on what is in you more than you focus on what is around you, you will find yourself being able to do what God's will for your life is, which is to give him thanks in everything. Because you'll realize, Here's the thing. Just say this in your mind. Write this down on your little visor card. You, you, you goals people, write this down on your little, take lipstick and do your mirror that way. Uh, uh, your little visual, put, put it on your flannel graph board. Put it on your vision board. At least I'm not going to hell. Does that mean anything to anybody? I mean, I'm not going to hell. I, I, and I'm not stuck here forever. And I'm not going to no holding place in the middle. Because Jesus said he went to prepare a place for us, and he's going to come back and receive us to himself, that where he is there we can be also. So I thank God that God's mercy for my life endures forever. God commands us to give him thanks. Too, too many times we, we, we don't do it because we don't have this God has been good. We, we, need, we need to get that Eddie Murphy mindset. Um, horrible show that I never watched, but I saw clips of it. I grew up in a time where Saturday Night Live was the biggest show in the world. 
had the biggest cast in the world. If you're in your 50s and you grew up in that time frame, if, if you were in high school in the 70s uh, you, or early 80s, you grew up in that time frame, uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, John Belushi, they had all these people, these massive comics, and everybody came in after them uh, on the show. I never watched it. I was probably the only kid in my high school that didn't watch it. People come to church or to school on Monday and be talking about what they saw. I was out living on Saturday night. I never watched it, but I, did, I do remember the clips from people making a big deal out of what Eddie would say when he was pretending uh, to, to be an immigrant baseball player. Any of y'all remember? Eddie said, baseball hath been... Very, very good to me. Baseball have been very, very good to me. And that was his big skit on Saturday Night Live. And it made people laugh. And he was pretending to be thankful over how good uh, baseball had been to him. One of my favorite baseball players uh, in, in the world is, is Chipper Jones. And uh, Hall of Fame Atlanta Brave, uh, career Atlanta Brave player. And he embarrassed himself by a quote he made late in his career. In his 15th year in Major League Baseball, he, he, he was frustrated. His skills were, his skills were going down. Uh, there were other people coming, coming around, and he, he said this out loud on an interview. If I'd have known all the garbage I'd had to put up with in Major League Baseball, I'd have just worked at the gas station back in Georgia. He was making $19 million a year when he said that, and I'm going to tell you something, the dude owning the gas station don't make $19 million a year. Uh, there's, there's just a way where you can let your mouth say the right thing or you can let your mouth say the wrong thing. I wonder, do you really believe when it comes to God that God has been very, very good to you? We need to get that in our minds more. We need to get in our minds more so we can get it out of our mouth more. God, God's been good to me. He's given me so much. Honestly, when I think about it in my right mind, it makes me want to give something back to him. But here's the question. What do you give to somebody who has everything? You can't increase God. He's already got everything. So let me tell you, if you have someone hard to shop for in your life, if you have somebody that's got more than you do and you don't know what to get them because it looks like they already have everything, listen, you give them what they want. You just find out what they want. Don't, don't try to just, you know, reach in your mind, look up 10 great gifts for dad, this, this Christmas, a ask dad what he wants and give him what he wants. Well, God has already told us what he wants. In Hebrews 13, 5, God said, by him, through Jesus, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of, God, of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Here's the whole message right here. Lock back in and get this. God says that we should offer him something. Say offer. It should come as a sacrifice. Say sacrifice. And here's what it is. Praise to him continually. The sacrificial offering that God wants from us is continuous praise. Now, praise is, 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 is a broad subject. I preach series on praise. We looked at seven different types of praise in, in, in Hebrew and a bunch in Greek. And, and there's a lot of different ways to praise God. But here in this New Testament verse, there's a definition for exactly what God means by this continual praise. He said, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is. Oh, comma, that is comma. That bracketed two-word statement it, it says, here's what it means. This is what it is. It is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So what is this praise that God is looking for continually? For our lips to give what? To what? Give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. Now we've looked at, I've done series on the names of God in the Bible. And, and, and it's awesome, and it, it should thrill your heart to know all the great things that our God is. Uh, but if you had to boil the name of God down to one name, the name that uh, is above every other name, the name of the person who died and rose from the dead for our salvation, uh, what, what name would you say that is? Okay, so if you were going to give thanks to that name in two words... The first word being thanks and the second word being Jesus, what would those two words be? Well, let's give three words to be better, more, more grammatic accurate. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have Sister Sally Ruth. I'd have never thought those two names went together well, but Sister Sally Ruth, 
Well, when I was in, uh, uh, I say all black church, it mean this one, one other white person in there, but it, other than that, it was uh, Miss Sally Ruth. People would back away from her when praise would get lively because she would flail her arms, and she was a big woman, and she would get excited and loud, and, and people thought that was something to back up from when really that's something to get rubbed off on you. Because Sally Ruth would just start screaming with wild, uncontrollable, Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Hey! 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 Thank you! Thank you, Jesus! And people would be like, and I'm thinking, man, if everybody in here would just do that, God would lift a roof off this place and put a smiley face on all of us. This is what we're commanded to do. To constantly be saying, thank you, Jesus. So my question to you today, here's, here's, the, here's, the, whole, here's the whole point. My question to you today is, when is the last time with no one looking, no one else in the room or the car, no one around you, and for nobody to hear but God, you opened up your mouth and you exclaimed audibly, thank you, Jesus. We got to get a thank you, Jesus mindset. I need to have more of a thank you, Jesus. It's easy for me to talk about, man, I, I don't even know if you saw me getting out of the car today. I almost fell back down. There. You saw that? Could you tell? I almost, fell, I almost just fell back down and laid in the seat and cried this morning trying to get out of that car uh, to, come in, co- to come into the church this morning. My back was hurting so bad. I purposely didn't tell my kids about it on the drive in. Uh, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be this super Christian that's just going to give God thanks even on a bad day, amen? When what I found myself being over the last six years is, is this guy that can get irritated and say I'm sick of my back hurting. Anybody ever been there? All right, well, in the midst of pain, we still need to say what? Thank you, Jesus, because he's still good. And this is what he's asking us for. He's asking us to tell him. This, this is the gift that God wants is us telling him thank you, Jesus. We, we, we give God praise by giving him thanks. In Psalm 107, 21, the psalmist said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Wednesday night is undeniably my favorite time, other than this 6 o'clock night we're going to have tonight. Wednesday night is my favorite service of the week because we slow it down. I'm down on the floor. The only reason I'm up here is not so y'all have to stare at these bad lights behind me, uh, but because every now and then there's people sitting in front of other people and, and they can't see around heads, okay? Wednesday night I'm down, on the, I'm down on the carpet and we slow it down and we take time for testimonies. And it just encourages me and it thrills my soul. I, I wonder, are you declaring his works with rejoicing? Too many people are talking about what's going on with anger. Too many people are talking about what's going on with bitterness. But the Bible tells us that we, we ought to love God so much that we give him what he asked for. And God is asking a sacrifice from us of saying thank you. See, true love, we, we talked about a lot this year that re- real love requires what? It requires action. It's sacrificial. It's giving. God gave himself as a sacrifice for us. And he tells us our sacrifice to him is to, to constantly. One, one place in Romans says to be a living sacrifice. Most of us would rather, you know, they didn't have living sacrifices in the Old Testament. They'd take an animal, slice his throat, drain the blood out on the mercy seat, put it on the fire, and get burnt up. That, that, that lasted just a matter of minutes. Here's the thing. Everybody that I know that's a real Christian gladly says this, Oh, Pastor Scott, I die for the Lord. Let me tell you this. That's the easiest thing you could ever do. Don't take long to die. I'm not saying it's, it's fun, but it don't take long. You, you, you choke out. Y'all want to try to come up with Deacon West, just choke you out real quick. I mean, it would just take a few matter, you know, less than a minute. Collapse your windpipe, and you just gag for a second, and you'd be gone. It, that's not hard. But to live constantly as a living sacrifice who is continually saying thank you to God day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, decade after decade. That's work. Say work. But, but does God deserve it? After all he's done for us, does he deserve us to do this one thing he's asking us to do for him? We need to pick ourselves up, and we need to realize God deserves more than what we've been giving him. 
Psalm 116, 17 says, I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. There's a lot of talk about this sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm going to skip over a bunch of it and just get to what I believe the difference maker is between thankful and unthankful people. I see this scripturally. It's the, it's the things that really have stayed with me the most in 37 years of serving God. The things that I see scripturally that I've also experienced. See, experience does not trump scripture, but when experience validates scripture, it locks in on the inside. When you can say that's not just true, that's true in me. When you can say I'm just not telling you what I heard, I'm telling you what I know, you're on a different level. And I, I have seen in, in Scripture the difference between thankful and unthankful people, and I know in my own life the difference between when I'm thankful and when I'm unthankful. The Bible says in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. I think the number one reason, Christian, some Christians are positive and some are negative. Some are thankful and some are unthankful is because they choose to remember God's benefits or they choose to forget God's benefits. thing I want you to understand, big point out of today's lesson, don't forget his benefits. If you know that God has done something good, if you know he saved you from going to hell to going to heaven, is that a benefit? That's enough to live on forever. I've been telling people for years. I remember when Gail was dying, uh, and, and just this last week I had a man, a repairman in my house, and he was asking me about my story, and, and I told him uh, about what went on. And they asked then, and this man asked me just last week, uh, did going through all that shake your faith, make you mad at God? Did, did that make you want to give up? Because uh, he wasn't a Christian. Did it make you want to give up on your version of religion? And I told him the same thing we told people in the hospital 12 years ago. Whatever happens here, we're not going to be mad at God. We're not going to give up on God. God, listen. God has already been better to us than we could have ever asked him to be. God already did more for us at Calvary than we ever could deserve. If God never does another thing, he's already done enough for us to be grateful, for us to be thankful, for us to remember his benefits. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has given you a gift in salvation, the gift of his son. Oh, the big payoff is eternal life. But there's lots of other benefits to Christianity. And I'm not going to keep you here through all of them. But mercy and grace are huge. Mercy's not getting what you deserve in the way of punishment. Grace is the blessing of God on your life that enables you to do and to be all that he's called you to be and to do. I know a lot of people want me to say that grace is uh, unmerited favor. Uh, how did Jesus have grace if that's all grace is? That's not all that grace is. Or Jesus couldn't have had grace. Jesus couldn't have been full of grace if grace is only unmerited favor. Add to your definition of grace. Because Jesus merited all of the favor that his father gave him. He deserved it. It wasn't just given to him undeserved. Uh, grace in its ultimate expression is the supernatural power of God on your life to do everything that God's called you to do. That's why the Bible talks about and the grace of God was strong on their life and they did exploits. You really want to get the grace of God on your life? Start thanking him for it. You, 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 want, you want to get a better attitude? Start thanking God for mercy. Not only that, but number two, be content with what you have. Too many people not content. I have met rich people that were miserable. I was talking to somebody this week, and I was just, I, I was just holding the phone out to here thinking, I could tell this person that they're crazy and stupid. I could just leave it alone and hurry up and get off this phone call, and I chose the latter because this person was telling me what, what they really needed. They said, I don't need a, I don't need a, a big house. Um, you know, I, I, I don't need a large house. Uh, 4,600, 4, and I'm wondering, how did you come? 46. 4,600 square feet is enough for me. I'm thinking, okay, 4,600 is enough for you. And so I, I, I told this person, I said, now listen, I've lived in a 5,000 square foot house. I used to work. I used to have a job outside of church, very lucrative, um, and and was spending money that I, I should have saved. But that's a different story for a different time. Nobody needs a house that big. So I told this person, "Trust me, twenty five hundred square feet more than you need. The rest of that's just rooms you don't go in. The rest of that's just more light bill to pay." This person could not be convinced that anything under three thousand was God's best. And I'm thinking, okay, we, we've just lost our way in America. 
we've lost our way. When I was a kid, uh, anything over 1,600 square foot was a custom home. You, you, most of us lived in 1,000 to 1,200 square foot homes, three bedroom, two bath, uh, guest bathroom. There was no guest bathroom. Guest bathroom, me, my sister, and my little brother shared. Good luck going in there. We all, we all bathed in it today. Guest. We've lost our way as, as to what is necessary to be happy in life. We need to learn how to be content with what we have because 1 Timothy 6, 6 says godliness with contentment is great gain. Some people can't get far in their life because they won't have those two things. You got people trying to be godly. I come to church every time the doors open and I'm still miserable because you're not content. You're not thankful for what you have. You're too busy being bitter for what you don't have. You're too, some, can't, some people can't celebrate successes with other people. I, I see the looks on some of y'all's face. We, we have testimony time on, on, on Wednesday night, and somebody be testifying about a job, that a, a, a raise that they just got, and I, I see the mm, sick all these other people getting raised. When I'm going to get me? When you stop being that way, when you start being thankful for what you have, I'm going to keep saying it till the Lord calls me home. If you're not thankful for, for your one-bedroom apartment, you don't deserve a two-bedroom apartment. If you're not thankful for the single wide uh, with no grass in the yard, uh, God, God shouldn't even give you a double wide. If, if you're not thankful for your little starter home that you're renting right now because your credit is so bad that you, can, you, you can't finance a hamburger, you ought to be thankful for a roof over your head. If you're tent on the side of the road, but you got a tent while other people got mosquitoes on their neck, you ought to be thankful for a tent. And if you don't even have a tent, you're just laying down in the mud, staring up at the stars at night. You ought to thank God God gave you a pretty picture to look at at night while you lay your broke head down in the mud. Learn how to be thankful till we really act on it. We know we should be thankful, but we don't always act on it. Newborn Christians, they act on it. That's why everybody tells me all the time, Pastor Scott, I just wish I could get back to the excitement I had when I first got saved. You, we're not supposed to go back to where we first got saved. Uh, the, the best picture of a marriage I know is those two people sitting right there. Uh, Deacon Scott Mills and, and, and his wife, Nina Mills, uh, they, they've been married 30 years. 30 years this coming August. They, they, they are, they are like two, they're like teenage lovers. They're, they're like giddy about each other. They, they, listen, you, you, they, 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 they don't look the same way they looked when they got married, but they like each other better now than they've ever liked each other. They're more in love now than they've ever. They're not trying to go back to 30 years ago to, to, to then. They're loving who each other is now. We shouldn't be trying to go back to where we were when we first. You didn't know nothing about God other than he saved you. Here's a little extra, extra news flash for you. Stay excited that he saved you, but learn some new stuff to get excited about. The more you know him, the more you ought to love him. The more you grow in him, the more thankful you have to be over him. But if you won't be content, you will just stay miserable. I promise you that. I'm not just telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. I want us to spend time being thankful. I'm going to push past all that. And I'm going to finish with this because we're late already. I wonder if I passed the mic, if I started with Karen and went all the way around the room back to Kari and, and put the mic in your face and said, tell me what you're thankful to God for. You ought to have something right and ready on your lips. You ought to have a just busload of stuff. I ought to have to wrestle the microphone. You ought to be like Alyssa Miller on Wednesday night. Oh, one more thing, uh, four more things. I got to just two, uh, go to somebody after her. Okay, back to me. Uh, you, you ought to have... A busload of stuff to be thankful about. You don't have enough. Uh, let me tell you what I'm thankful about. Come on, Jeff. Uh, I'm thankful for salvation. So I remember when I was lost. See, and the thing about me, even in my lowest times, even in times of depression, bitterness, unthankfulness, even in times of, of pain and concentrating on the wrong stuff, uh, I've never gotten over what God did for me on July 15, 1981. He changed me. He saved me when he didn't have to. And I'm thankful for salvation. I'm also thankful for this church. I'm thankful for this. Our church is weird, and I'm weird. It fits me. This church accepts me. This church has stood by me in dark hours. This church has allowed me to keep coming here and loving God. 
in, in, in low times in my life. Uh, and I tell you, we'll do the same for you. This, this, this church is, is unique. That, that's just code for weird. If, if somebody says, this, this, this is my, my second child and she's very unique, they just code speak. But I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the people of this church. I'm thankful for people in my life that accept me with all my deficiencies because they realize that God accepts them with all theirs. I don't know when it happened, but it happened. Church became a place where people judged each other. Church became a place where people looked down on other human beings. Church became, it never should have been that way and it shouldn't be that way now. But some kind of way it happened where church folks started judging other people without realizing if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Church people started started looking at other people and, and, and trying to justify their life by other people. Listen, I'm thankful for people in my life that love me. Lumps, bruises, bad back, broken neck mind issues, trouble, successes and failures because they've understood that's how God loves them. The Bible says freely we receive, freely ought we to give. If you realize how how much God has given you forgiveness, you'd be willing to give other people forgiveness. If you realize how much God has given you acceptance in his family, you ought to be willing to accept other people into your family. I'm thankful for the Bible. So many times in my life I've fallen asleep holding this book. I know some of y'all think, if if I told you the number of times I have kissed this book and set it down next to my bed, you you would just think I'm crazy. I'm not going to out y'all. I know some of y'all Bible book kissing people in this room. I know you've hugged your Bible in your lifetime. I am so thankful for this book because God reveals himself to us through this written word. He speaks to me through this book. And I can spend time with him. And hear his words. He breathes this out into my spirit every time I read it. I'm thankful, as I said earlier, that he's not the God of the second chance, but he's the God of another chance. I lost my second chance a long time ago. But God just keeps on forgiving. He keeps on loving. What does verse say earlier? His mercy endures how long? Forever. This is the God we serve. I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful that he's kind and he's patient and he's merciful. Slow to anger. Thankful for his grace. I've been giving you three things. I'm going to close with this and I'm done for real. It's the last thing I'm going to tell you. I've been giving you three things for a long time. And I've really been trying. I've really been trying for years to try to do like Samson and shake myself. And get my mind back to a full functionality. Get my, get my thoughts back. To where they need to be get 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 my joy to a place where i'm not thinking about uh the 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 pain as much as i'm thinking about god's glory uh and i've been giving you three things but uh, i've added some stuff to it this week all these things were always implied it's not new information but 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 it's it's something that you can add to your daily list i've been giving you three things for a long time uh fin- finish these statements if you know them read read your bible say Make, I've been saying that for years. Read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices, get up tomorrow, do it all over again. Well, there's so much more to it, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it. But just to bring clarity and just for assignments, because I like practical stuff. Don't just tell me, go and be blessed. Tell me how to be blessed. Tell me what I have to do. If you know that the door will only unlock if I jiggle it up and down and turn it to the right, Don't just say go unlock the door and just sit there and laugh at me because I'm not jiggling it. I can't get it done. Tell me exactly how to do it. So I added two things to these three things I've been telling you for years. And I'll close with this. Read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices. Number four, sing to God. Sing to God. Every day open your mouth up and sing something to God. Make up a song. I've got songs. I've written songs to God since the first year of salvation. I've got songs... Uh, my wrote, I wrote a hit about four months ago. I didn't give it to you. It's just a number one chart-topping hit. But it's, it's just for the Lord. Sing to God. And number five, tell him thanks. 
I am convinced if you're here and you're saved and you will do these five simple things every day that you will get your mind right. You will get your life pointed in the right direction. If you'll read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices. If you'll sing a song to God every day and you will tell him thanks for everything. Things will get better for you. So much good stuff is happening in our church right now. I can't afford to stay stuck where I've been stuck. So, so much, so many, God is doing so many things so quick. It's just like, man, I pulled in today. Uh, I don't know where Elder Jimmy's walking around doing something right now. Uh, Elder Jimmy asked me, you see that view out there? When I pulled on the property today and I saw all the work that got done, and I thank God for everybody who came and worked so hard yesterday. Um, I got reports it was a great, a, a great turnout and a lot of people did work. Coach, always thank you, man, for bringing all those songs. Hallelujah. You guys did a great job. We appreciate y'all. Um, you're, you're, you're role models to, to this community, to your generation. Keep being that. Keep listening to Coach. He's going to tell you the right stuff. Um, but when I saw even just the visual, because I just been, I've just been talking to, to, to Dina, and I've been, I've been telling everybody that will listen, man, I, this momentum, is, is, is God's just doing stuff, man. Things are just falling in place, boom, 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 boom. God is just opening up stuff. And when I saw what used to be brush blocking the view, I thought, as, as turning on this road, I thought, even the view is opening up. I want you to know God is opening up some things. God is moving in a way, and I want to make sure that I stay. Listen, we cannot create the wave but we better ride it we can, we cannot make the wave come through but we can get up on it and ride we can't make the current grow stronger but we can get in the middle of it and enjoy the ride i want you to get on this thing and gar- start riding on god's momentum I want you to start being thankful. I want you to start being joyful. I I don't want you to let anybody steal your blessing. I don't want you to let anybody steal your joy. I don't want you to let any temporary problem, six-year constant back pain is temporary. I don't want you to let anything get between your mind and thanks unto God. Read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices, sing a song to God, thank Him for everything. Let's pray. God, thank you for all the good things that you've done forever thank you for the world that you created thank you for a sun that comes up and goes down and comes up again thank you for seasons God thank you for change thank you for life thank you for your son Jesus Christ thank you for this holy book that you speak to us from thank you for your spirit that lives inside us to guide us into all truth thank you for a mouth that I can open to give you thanks. God, I pray that you'd help us to be more thankful, not just on Thanksgiving week, because America says it's Thanksgiving, but every day to be thankful to the only true God there is. Thank you for all that you've done for us, God, and we thank you for all that you're going to do by faith in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.